independent thought, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in for a couple days. Chad is back after the holiday. Uh, Thrilled to be with you, as always, uh, to drive the car that is this very, very fancy show. Uh, And I will do my best, Chad. I promise. I'll only return the car with a couple dents, I think I told one of your producers. Uh, I promise not more than that. All right. I want to get to this right away. I thought it was really interesting, and you might not care. So uh, I think this is a good swing and maybe miss uh, to start out filling in for Chad. Um, Maya Hawk is the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. Uh, she is in Stranger Things. You probably, if you watch that show, know who she is. Uh, she was on Fallon's show, Jimmy Fallon, and she was talking about the decision, the Supreme Court decision uh, overturning a Roe versus Wade. The way in which she discussed it, though, and one of the things she said, I think it's it's interesting beyond her herself. I'm not trying to overreact to any one individual, a young person uh, saying the things she said. But I do think there's some value here that we might be missing. So let's play the audio first. Uh, The setup is that she's talking about the op-ed Uma Thurman wrote about an abortion she had in her life uh, that caused her to then become the actress she is, according to her, and have this child that's now an actress in her own right uh, later on. That's the context. If you needed it, we'll go from there. My mom wrote this really beautiful essay about uh, her abortion that she got when she was really young and about how if she hadn't have had it, she wouldn't have become the person that she'd become and I wouldn't exist and how both of my parents' lives would have been totally derailed and she hadn't had access to safe and legal health care. Fundamentally- right, this is all the emotional setup that's going to continue uh, to get you to the point where she then breaks bad in a way that I think you need. And I, of course... Like wealthy people will always be able to get abortions, uh-huh. um, but so many people, because of this ruling this like week, will not only not be able to pursue their dreams, but actually lose their lives and be unsafe. And um, I just wanted to say that, like you know, <laughs> the Supreme Court. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. And then the applause that goes nuts, and she keeps doing. It. But, yeah, but we're gonna keep fighting that. this. I can say the Supreme Court. Yeah, oh. Here's the thing. Here's why I'm saying, wow, here's why I'm reacting the way that I am. Uh, And I don't love the double standard thing. I don't love the whataboutism stuff. Uh, I I think that all that stuff's dumb and it exists in our society. And what are we going to do about it? Uh, But oftentimes, this is the way I want to try to make this point. Oftentimes in the previous administration, the last president, President Trump, a lot of people who hated that guy talked about how he was ruining society. He was uh, tearing away at the structures that matter in our society, our country. He was making everybody crappier people, more racist, whatever the term might be. Uh, that, those were the accusations lobbed at Republicans and specifically our former president. Uh, Democrats rallying as hard as they are against the individuals on the Supreme Court who overturned Roe versus Wade that caused this reaction in the public is the same thing. Whether you hate it or not, whether you love the ruling, hate the ruling, none of that matters. This is the same thing. This is going after the fabric of our society. The Supreme Court made a decision. Now, I don't really want to talk about that much. I'm sure by this point, you've heard about that a lot. Uh, The conversations are probably happening every day in your own life. Uh, But the truth is that I think the legal world that those individuals live in, the Supreme Court justices, lawyers, everybody, every judge, every person who practices that kind of thing, they know that those rules are so much more specific, so much more nuanced, Uh, so much more unique. I don't know what the right word would be. Not even really technically the way we as human beings live our lives. In that world, things are very, very complicated. And so if the Supreme Court overturns something and they say 
in the the things that they put out there, the opinion piece, uh, not the leaked version, but the official version, uh, that they think that there's something that law was getting wrong and the states actually had a right to make decisions themselves, then hating the Supreme Court is just odd. To me, it's just a, it's a strange thing. Uh, the other comparison I can make, and people will probably hate comparisons. They're almost never great in our society now because they're imperfect. There's nothing about this that will be exactly like the thing I'm comparing it to, but darn it, we're going to go there. I, I've gotten mad. Mad might not be the right word, but I think I've gotten frustrated over the last few weeks that we seem to blame guns more than shooters. That's something that happens in our society. Um, someone does something horrific, a human being, uh, that, that evil person that went into Uvalde and killed children. And then somehow the conversation in our society is about the gun. The gun's terrible. This is awful. This is what caused the problem. Not the awful, terrible human being who actually decided to do this, who decided to go a certain road. Now, I'm not equating the two because I, I don't think necessarily that anything is awful or, or horrible or I don't think there are any evil human beings. It's the way I'm trying to say it in the world of those who believe in, in life and those who believe in choice. I, I think that that's a different dynamic. But I will say this. The Supreme Court just lobbed things back to the states. If you're someone that's mad, say that your state is now changing its laws, you should be mad at the politicians in your state that are changing the laws. If you're someone in a state that's not changing its laws and you think that's wrong, you're mad at the fact that your politicians are like, we don't care that we can now outlaw or change our abortion laws. You can get mad at the politicians in that state. But just hating the Supreme Court, hating an entity that's supposed to be outside of politics, it's supposed to be away from it, the over... Uh, uh, just creating this world in which everything needs to be political. The politicians are doing it. Uh, here's what really frustrates me is that it's working. They only care about your support. I can't tell you the amount of Democrats uh, that I saw on TV or the people that I heard from that I know that were mad that politicians were asking for money after Roe versus Wade was overturned. They were mad about it, but they don't get the game. That's hilarious to be mad about that because of course they were. All these politicians had these pre-drafted things written up that they've just been sitting on for months since the leak, just waiting to beg you for money. Uh, because when we all become impassioned by all of the things that the politicians tell us are important, they have us. Uh, you know what I kind of equate it to, too? I'm just throwing examples out to start this show. It's like social media. Social media uh, gets you in at some point for whoever uses it too much now. And we've all probably gone through a phase. Maybe a lot of us are through it. Uh, some of us are probably not. Young people, definitely not. But they, they pull you and they wrap you in. They either find that friend that you haven't talked to since grade school, whatever it is they do, and then they just start feeding you stuff, more and more stuff that you start caring about that you shouldn't care about. Uh, whether that is something like the person who's putting up the social media post to their vacation, and you think to yourself, man, I wish I was on vacation, and then it just spirals. It gets more and more out of hand as we go in the world of how social media dominates what we care about the politicians are doing it, too. And I'm not telling you that this is, isn't an important issue. Of course, Roe versus Wade is something that seemed to be important to a lot of people. The overturning of it, important to a lot of people. I'm not trying to belittle this specific conversation. But, man, aren't we doing this every day and all the time? Whatever the politicians are telling us is important. Whatever they're talking about, uh, it seems that more and more it permeates our regular lives. And I guess what I would, I would say to that, too, is I know, I know that when you take the step back, I know when all of us are just walking around being regular humans, we don't actually care. There's a lot of stuff that we say we care about on social media. We say we care about in a conversation where it comes up. But then when we're actually living our lives, it doesn't, it doesn't impact us. 
as much as we think all the time. And I don't mean this specific thing. I just mean a lot of stuff. I'm talking very general now uh, when I say that. And yet we still allow uh, these things to become these obsessive points uh, in our society, even though for the most part, when we live our lives, we forget about it. And then it, it comes back. It's sort of like a weird, a weird circle, uh, a very cyclical, odd existence. And the same thing happens on social media. When you close the Facebook or whatever the social media app is a choice, the TikTok, you stop doing the dumb stunts that are getting you hurt or getting other people hurt, uh, the stupid TikTok trends out there, and you just live for like 20 minutes in the real world. And like, oh, yeah, this is nice. This is lovely. This is different than all that crap that they're shoveling on me. And then you go back to those worlds and you're like, wait a minute. No, I care again. So I guess I, that's my point in all of this. And the, the F the Supreme Court reaction from a, a uh, younger uh, television star. Uh, if she's actually a star, I'm not sure because I didn't know who she was. I had to Google all that. And I'm not trying to be mean. I just personally didn't know. Uh, but I, I will be honest. All of this is just a, a continued kind of conversation that I think we need to unplug as a whole society. And I, I think that's silly. I think I'm turning into the guy that wants to climb into a cave, turn all my technology off and just stay there for a while. Uh, but it just seems to make sense. And then when you emerge from the cave, maybe we all get a one month caving. And at the end of the cave, you come out and you're like, wait a minute, my priorities all changed. There's a bunch of stuff I don't care about anymore. No one hand me a cell phone. No one give me social media for another few weeks. And I think I'll be even better. Uh, it can't be a forced caving, though. I know that's wrong. We got to volunteer for our cavings. Uh, that's, the <laughs> that's what I'm doing today. That's what I'm talking about. I've hit a limit. I've gone a certain way. I guess I'm crazy. Uh, and the, honestly, Chad will be back next week. So you'll be saved for more of this. Uh, but Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. More in a bit. All right, kids. My pillow's got deals galore. The BOGO's still going on. But the huge deal is, that, of course, the My Slipper. The My Slipper. Four layers when it comes to your your feet when you're walking right it took them two years to develop so it's got a four-tier cushioning system includes the my pillow patent fill comfort memory foam patented impact gel and the sole indoor outdoor wear it all the time it is fantastic made with a quality leather suede machine washable six-day money-back guarantee one-year limited warranty here's the thing normally 139.99 for you right now 49.98 massive deal Now's your chance to save. You go to MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975. Use code Benson. The My Slippers are only $49.95. When you're there, take advantage of all the other deep discounts. Like we said, the BOGO is still going on. The buy one, get one free. And the MyPillows, the sheets, the towels, you name it. Uh, MyPillow.com slash Benson. States? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back after the holiday. Um, a janitor, uh, I guess, is a hidden talent. Uh, it's sort of like the the uh, Goodwill Hunting uh, movie uh, premise, uh, just not the genius part. Uh, but this talent is pretty good, and I want to play you this audio because I, I was blown away by this. It's gone viral. Uh, this guy should definitely not be uh, doing the gig he's doing. He should be singing for a living. Uh, here is a janitor just popping up and doing Don't Stop Believing uh, like he's some sort of embodiment of Queen. Just a small town girl. Oh, God. Living in lonely world. Just a midnight train going anywhere. Stranger. Stranger. 
went low when he should have gone high at the end there. And for anyone that's already sending off the tweets, I know that it's Journey and not Queen. I just heard a little Freddie Mercury in the voice there, and that's probably just me uh, hearing that. But anyway, that guy's name is Richard Goodall. Uh, He popped up during a talent show at his school. He's the elementary school's janitor. uh, And then he decided, you know what, I'm going to sing today. Uh, And I do think the guy has got a shot at a pretty decent career, or at least a a remake of the movie. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon get back together. Uh, and they discover Richard, and they go on a wild adventure. Uh, that's probably what that movie was all about. All right, uh, let's shift to something serious. I, I just really wanted to share that. Uh, this is Kevin McCarthy. He popped up on Fox. Uh, he was talking about the January 6th stuff, uh, which just, it, it keeps coming up for some, and others don't care at all. I, I don't know exactly which camp everyone is in uh, who's hearing this show, uh, but I know a lot of people, no interest whatsoever uh, in everything that there there is to talk about in the world of January 6th. Uh, The reason why is because it's not fair. Uh, My biggest criticism of this thing, outside of the fact that it probably didn't need to exist in the first place uh, since the impeachment trial and all that other stuff happened, whether or not that needed to happen, too, I'm sure uh, you can answer the question yourself. Uh, But this is is far from something that has opposing viewpoints. And so how valuable is it? Like, let's just ask you in your everyday life, if you were to walk into a conversation and it was an interesting topic, but all you heard is the one side. Uh, You don't find any value in that. You're like, well, those two people think what they think. I'm not sure who's right. I'm not sure how many facts we present. The reason that they should have forced or allowed, I guess allowed is the right word if you're talking about the Democrats, uh, those hardcore Republicans who did not believe that anything bad happened on January 6th to be a part of this is because as the opposing points came out, as the viewpoints were all over the place, uh, you would have at least gotten a better sense of what some of the overall facts are. Uh, Instead, what we have is a bunch of hearsay. Uh, The latest, my favorite, this is my favorite thing out of all the stuff that's happened. I actually have some uh, Morning Joe audio on this too. Uh, But the fact that this woman uh, would come and testify and say that she essentially, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, saw Trump, or actually, excuse me, didn't see Trump do anything, didn't see anyone do anything. Uh, All she did was she was told by somebody else something that happened in the limousine, in the beast, and she, she then relayed that to the world or to our country as if it were fact. Uh, in, a, in a rule of, of law, in, the, in a courtroom, this wouldn't even be allowed. You wouldn't even be able to do this since there's no checks and balances. There's no interest in the conversation on the other side. A bunch of so, uh, Secret Service people have already come out and said, not true, uh, what this Cassidy woman is saying. That doesn't matter. To some, this is all, this is all we care about now. So here's some reactions from Kevin McCarthy. Uh, he talks about when he assumes he's going to become Speaker of the House, some of the things he'll do about that, too. And then, actually, as I said, I'm going to play a little bit of Morning Joe audio if we have time. An interesting thought. Remember who they hired to put this on? An ABC producer who, prior to being hired in 2019, I sent a letter to ABC because this is the same producer that had all the Epstein information but kept it out. You're right. And think of the similarities when you have Adam Schiff on this committee. Remember when he said, we have a whistleblower coming forward in the impeachment, (laughs) and he didn't know who it was? Uh -uh. And then later we found out the staff had met with him and coached him? Mm -hmm. Accurate. Or remember when Adam Schiff changed the text on what Jim Jordan said? Yes. And remember this committee did the same thing to Jim Jordan? Or what about when he lied to the American public as chair of the Intel Committee, saying the Hunter Biden... um, whole article was Russia collusion. Right. Or remember when he said he had proof. <laughs> Look, I got to be honest, right here, we're about a minute into this conversation, almost a minute in, and you got example after example of bias and lying uh, to the public 
it does matter. You did need people on the other side to try to air check or, or try to check some of this stuff uh, to make sure that it was going the right way. It's just amazing. A little more. About the Russia collusion. And he put America through this. And then you also have another me- member on there, uh, Raskin. Remember what he did? Between Trump being elected before he sworn in, he held a rally to say Trump needs to be impeached. This is just the continuation. They're obsessed with Trump, and this is all they want to do. Look- yes, I got to be honest. It shows a one other thing to me, too. And you can be an anti-Trump, a pro-Trump person. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, Republicans uh, do seem to gravitate toward opinions that he shares, uh, that it just seems to be true in polling. Democrats hate him and can't stop talking about him. They're more obsessed with him than Republicans all the time. If Ron DeSantis winds up being the candidate on the Republican side of the aisle, it's not because of anything Democrats did. They they help uh, Trump be important, help have Trump's opinions matter uh, to everyday people because of how they attack him relentlessly. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. Uh, my name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back after the holidays. Much deserved vacation for a hardworking man in the world of radio. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to run for president. I knew it a while ago. I feel like a lot of us might have known it for a while. Uh, will she actually run in the upcoming election, uh, in the presidential election in 2024? I don't know. She's technically going to be allowed to because she turns 35 just a little bit before uh, she'd actually have to uh, swear into office. Uh, if she would win, uh, which I don't think there's a a shot in in any any version of the world we live in uh, where she could actually win. But if if she were to win, uh, she would be by far the youngest person to ever serve in that role. Uh, John F. Kennedy, the youngest ever elected at 43, the youngest ever served. Theodore Roosevelt at 42, uh, getting sworn in uh, via a, a the assassination of William McKinney. So McKinley. So there's a lot of different things I think that come into play in having a conversation just in general about somebody at 35. I, I'm a millennial. Uh, I'm actually only a year older than AOC. I'm not sure uh, that we are the right choice of person uh, to be the president of the country, and especially someone with as small of a political career as an AOC, and certainly one that's been interesting as far as some of the things she said or some of the things she seemed to not know, uh, more importantly. But here's the reason I bring all this up. Uh, she was on Colbert a few days ago. Uh, they had uh, a lot of conversations. Uh, One of the things that went viral uh, was AOC saying the Supreme Court overreached in their authority, uh, which is weird. Uh, And the reason I'll keep saying that's weird is because the Supreme Court decided to allow states to have a decision on a thing and not actually rule in a way that creates a federal law uh, that states then don't get to have a say in. Uh, The Supreme Court essentially uh, decided to take less power in the conference. And this is the thing that keep people keep forgetting. And I'll just say it quickly. And I know a lot of people know it. The Supreme Court didn't make abortion illegal. 
That's, that's not what they did. They did not overturn Roe versus Wade and say now no one can have one. But that's the way we're all acting. Uh, that's the way society is taking this. Not that the states are now in control and they are doing different things. Uh, and actually, I guess I'll say one last thing because I'm, now I'm spiraled. I'm in here. Uh, if you look at the numbers for the amount of support for abortion to be legal or illegal by state, if you don't just hear that overarching, that headline thing uh, that people say when they say most Americans support a Roe versus Wade and most Americans opposed its overturning. That's if you just look at the country as a whole. If you break it down into smaller groups, uh, which is what the Supreme Court said we should do, it actually continues to reflect the desire of the people. Most of the states uh, that are changing their laws, the majority of people in those states uh, in a recent poll said that they support that change. Uh, they don't support keeping things the way they are. So just saying again, the Supreme Court chose to not have a role the states have a role, and the people within those states seem to agree with the things their politicians are doing. But let's let AOC tell us that none of that's true, and the Supreme Court's terrible. The Supreme Court has engaged in the overreaching of its authority in denying the human and civil rights of any pregnant person or Didn't person that, that could become pregnant in the United States of America. They have engaged in overreach, and it is the responsibility of the president and Congress to put the Supreme Court in check because they have delegitimized. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting about saying putting the Supreme Court in check. They're supposed to be the body of the government that lives beyond the politicians. So the politicians are not supposed to like them. Uh, they're the one group that doesn't play by the rules, that doesn't care if you criticize them in public. At least they're not supposed to. Uh, that's the role they're supposed to have in our society. Yes, the president fights back and forth with ca with members of Congress, with members of the Senate. Uh, that's the political world they all live in. The Supreme Court is supposed to be above it. They're supposed to be a ruling branch that's quite different. And so rhetoric shouldn't matter uh, to them. That's what our founding fathers wanted our society to look like. Now, in other news, uh, Colbert decided to end the conversation by asking AOC a couple times, if she's going to be running for the role of president in 2024. Uh, and I, I just have to be honest, like, I, come on, really? We, we do. We have to take a step back. I don't care how popular she is in some places in our society. Uh, does she have any of the amount of experience or has she shown moments of lack of knowledge in pretty important things where this could be a bad idea on a whole different scale? Uh, and what's even more amazing than anything to me is that's how desperate Democrats are right now. And Colbert is certainly on that side of the aisle. Uh, they do not like uh, the job that our current president is doing. Uh, latest poll numbers at an all-time low yet again. And they're no longer, like, really willing to defend it, uh, which at least is good. Uh, people admit that Biden's done an atrocious job in the role in our office. And Harris, our vice president, Kamala Harris, doesn't seem to be someone who can ascend to a higher role uh, based on the stuff she's done. So let's go AOC. Why not? Let's just burn the whole thing down, essentially, and throw the throw the lead uh, uh, stick to someone who does not have uh, the equipment yet at all to even be in the race, in my opinion. A couple of quick things before we go. A couple of quick things before we go. Uh, you know, there's some speculation as to whether President Biden is going to run in 2024. There's some. Yeah, there's not a lot of speculation, according to Biden. He says he's running. Uh, Harris says that if. Uh, Biden runs that she would run as his vice presidential uh, uh, candidate, uh, which I think is interesting. She adds the if the only guy who no one pays attention to on anything, his own administration corrects his position on stuff. Uh, just think about this society, the mainstream media, uh, the people that push poli politics on a certain side of the aisle. No one cares 
that the current president says he wants to run again. That's how little respect most people have for the guy in charge. Uh, not just people on a side of the aisle that oppose the things he's done, not just the typical uh, Republican or the person on the right. The left doesn't care, doesn't like the guy that they put in charge, and they just ignore him. I wonder what it's like for Biden to walk around the White House. Do you think, like, anyone responds to him? Uh, maybe he has to, like, remind people of what his job is. Uh, but here, a little more. Um, there's some reports that he's a little frustrated that people keep asking because he keeps on saying yes. And people go, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, you know, uh, I know somebody who's going to turn 35 uh, about a month before the election in 2024. And uh, they represent New York's 14th. Uh, is, is that job appealing to you at all? Um, I think that... Theoretically. Uh, listen, I think that we need to focus on keeping a democracy mm -hmm. for anybody to be president in, in the next couple of years. And that's my central focus is helping the people of this country. Right so it's now. possible. Helping the people of this country right now, I think, is really interesting language, uh, by the way. Some people will uh, object to other things she said there. Uh, but keeping helping the people of this country and then just kind of avoiding the question and continuing to avoid those questions is something that I think matters. Here uh, best a more. wishes. I understand that you just got in. No, no, hold on. We don't care about that part. Let's go. People of this country. Right? So it's possible. So it's possible. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just here to get you in trouble. <laughs> exactly. You're getting me in trouble. Get I don't trouble. know about that. I don't know about all that. Maybe uh, AOC is going to run uh, and it'll be interesting to see how well she does, uh, because that'll be the most telling to me. Uh, I think the last election, the anti-Trump crowd uh, was overwhelming uh, and they didn't care who the candidate was. Uh, Biden could have run. Uh, you could have run anybody. Uh, Biden winning actually shows that I think that you could have run anybody. But if AOC uh, does land in that world in the next couple of years and she has support and she does well on the Democratic side of the aisle, it says a lot about just how separated we are because she's as far to one side as you can humanly be. Uh, she certainly is on issue after issue. Uh, she wants cows to stop farting. I just want to remind us all of that uh, as we go forward here. All right. One other thing I do want to play uh, before we take a break. Uh, this is Morning Joe. Uh, Morning Joe was talking about the January 6th stuff as well. Uh, Joe Scarborough said that uh, it doesn't matter uh, that people are already shooting holes into the things that that have been said in some of the eyewitness or the not eyewitness testimony uh, provided so far. We should just believe it. The court of law doesn't follow rules the same way as Morning Joe is asking us to. Hearsay doesn't matter. It's not something uh, that you can use to actually definitively prove anything. But Morning Joe says, come on, of course we all know that that's crap. Uh, Cassie Hutchinson said what she said, and it's very funny, on one news network last night, one cable network last night, uh, I heard somebody, and now there is some question on whether she, he really grabbed this steering wheel, which, of course... Hi, that's a terrible impression of Hannity, by the way, but continue. ...throws into question all of her tests. I mean, that's so stupid. That's like, it's like saying Al Capone, the report is Al Capone, like, shot up a bar, killed 30 people, and then got a PBR and drank it. And then when somebody else goes, oh, no, no, he didn't do that. He just had a shot of whiskey. People going, oh, well, then the rest of the, you know, you, we can't believe any of the rest of the, the, the testimony. No, it I'm sorry. That was, that was about as broken of an example as you come up with on the spot there, Joe. Uh, but more importantly, if somebody lies under oath, you do decide to stop trusting everything they say. It's very typical as well. Uh, you don't, first and foremost, listen to any kind of testimony where someone's not an eyewitness in the first place, where they have no way to prove 
the things they're saying. And then when the other people that, that this woman said told her uh, things that apparently they say didn't happen, you do disbelieve every part of what you say. Because it's not just uh, like, oh, it's a, a white lie. Oh, we, we got the drink wrong at Al Capone shooting up a bar. Again, weird. A weird um, uh, comparison there, bud. Uh, but it, it's a little bit different than that or a lot a bit different than that. Uh, because essentially, by going under oath, by saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and then straight up lying about anything, it means you don't have respect for what you're being asked to do. You don't have respect for the idea that you're not supposed to tell a single lie. And so when you're willing to tell one, you're willing to tell a whole bunch. Uh, that's why we, I think, in my opinion, uh, swear people under oath. One, so you can go after them for lying, but two, so they know the stakes of the game are a little bit different and you don't want to get anything wrong as just a whoopsie, uh, which is certainly as, as well not what happened. Uh, both sides standing to their side of the story. Uh, but everyone that Cassidy said she heard things from said those things didn't happen. That seems to matter. All right, a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. But why don't we do less serious topics? Because, well, darn it, it's almost a holiday. And my brain is fried from all the serious things that people like to demand. It's, it, actually, if you wind up stuck in a conversation you don't want to be a part of in today's world, that conversation can be a lot worse than it used to be, uh, where you're weighing in on topics with somebody that definitely disagrees with you, and you're just, you can't get out. Uh, but anyway, we're not going to do that right now. Uh, a few quick things. Howard Stern was caught on an open microphone saying that he's going to be in a Marvel movie. Dr. Doom is the name of the movie he's going to be in. A lot of people have questions. What role would Howard Stern play in a Marvel movie? Uh, But I do have a little bit of audio. Now, granted, the reason this is uh, a leak or we can tell that uh, Stern didn't want this out there, you can hear like some commercial things that they're playing for a quick second and he's talking over them. So you're going to have to hear two things at the same time. And I'm only going to play a little bit of it. I took out a bad word. He said to... Uh, But he confirms, uh, he's talking to Robin about this, that he will be in Dr. Doom, and he's upset about it because he's not going to get a summer. Are you working this summer? No, I told you I'm going to do Dr. Doom. TommyJohn.com slash SXM. But I don't even believe me. I'm miserable about it. I don't even He's miserable about it. He goes on to say some other terrible words, and I don't know if it's just because he's not going to have a summer. Uh, but apparently this summer, Howard Stern, according to that, uh, obviously somebody, some producer, uh, or maybe Howard himself, if he runs his own board, uh, didn't hit the microphone off as they're transitioning uh, in a commercial break into a live uh, show. So a, a pretty big deal in the world of nerds. I know that a lot of people have different opinions of Howard Stern now, as far as the broadcaster goes, uh, the very political person. Young Howard Stern would hate current Howard Stern. I just want to say that. The, the guy who started this career... The, the skyrocket to stardom, uh, maybe he'd like the, the interviews with celebrities because those are kind of classic Stern. He gets to that stuff that a lot of people uh, don't usually talk about with other, other uh, hosts. Uh, but beyond that, I'm pretty sure they'd hate each other. Uh, but more importantly, just interesting here that it's now confirmed that he has a role. I imagine it'll just be as a broadcaster. I imagine he'll be doing a show of some kind and somehow be in like a couple scenes Uh, But if he said he's going to have his summer ruined by it, uh, it could be worse than that. All right, let's get to this. Uh, This story is certainly unique. 
Uh, certainly odd. Went viral, I think, the other day. Uh, and I was telling producer Phil about it. And he's like, yeah, I don't know where you find your stories, Craig. Uh, but this one's nuts. So this guy sets out to make uh, a faux burger. Uh, he wants to make a, a veggie patty of some kind. Uh, but he wants it to taste different than all the ones that are trying to go after actually tasting like a hamburger or any of those meats they're not using. Uh, this Swedish dude and his company, his company, Oomph, I don't know why they call it Oomph, is trying to make Soylent Grain, man. They're trying to make something that tastes like human flesh. I don't know why. Like, this is the moment, before I even play this audio, where I think if if an industry can jump a shark uh, outside of just television, like the the fake meat, the impossible burger stuff, it jumps a shark when some dude, some Swedish guy, is like, I'm going to make the human equivalent, and it's going to be awesome. But it won a competition. It won a competition, a festival, as the best-tasting food product that wasn't actually made of meat, which should terrify all of us. We have actually never tasted the real human meat. That's, for me, it's too crazy. Too- By the way, and I don't mean to be unwoke in, in 2022, his strong accent reminds me of like a Bond villain of some kind. A lot of the mad accents, I hear it in there when he says we have not tasted the human meat. Uh, just to me, right there, you're thinking, all right, he's going to try to take over the world at some point, and 007's got to stop him. We have actually never tasted the real human meat. That's, for me, it's too crazy, too. Yes, it is. I went into the, to my kitchen and started to see how close I could come. Hey, no. guys, it's just plant-based. There's nothing dangerous. But the thought, that's, I think, people are going to be uncomfortable with. So I do want to know uh, the interview he's doing, why there's that uh, crazy music in the background, too. Like, I, I don't know, again, what uh, sort of accidental stereotype we're leaning into, but a Swedish guy that's making human flesh tasting vegan burgers that's just hanging out at like a techno club all day long is a unique character that's been built into this world. Uh, this guy, as I said, uh, very proud of his product, uh, even though he does think that it goes too far to, to try the real thing. Thank, thank God uh, something stops him. Uh, his name is Ankin the Duck Linden. By the way, his nickname is The Duck. I don't know why. I sort of want to know why, but then I also don't want to know why. Uh, but that's real. And more important than just judging this one guy, I think you got to judge every every person that was a part of the competition, uh, the festival in which he won an award for best-tasting vegan burger, because a lot of those people need to be, uh, I don't know, uh, just need the cops to show up on their doorstep immediately. All right, one last very quick thing before we take a break here. This also went viral. This is the exact opposite in stupidity. A guy gave us a life hack for how to make a donut when you don't have the ability to go buy a donut. And it's the laziest version of make a donut I've ever heard. But he went viral. And he's probably making money off of the stupidest life hack you'll hear today. If you put enough frosting on a piece of bread, (laughs) it's almost like a donut. If you put enough frosting on just a regular piece of white bread, boom, you basically have a donut. Uh, This guy is as bad at cooking as I am, as bad at creating products as I am. But just, I I guess, uh, just another reflection. I'm judging all the judges uh, who were a part of that festival that decided that human flesh was the best tasting vegan burger. I'm judging all the people on social media, the millions of people who consumed the life hack of bread and sugar and said that's basically a donut. Thank you for your life hack. And anybody that's actually doing it, uh, by the way, anyone that's now like, man, I do have a hankering for a donut, but I have no way to get one. So I'm going to follow this awesome tip I saw on TikTok. Why, why are these things what's successful? That guy is making money 
off of commercials that run on his video that has millions of views. I, I can come up with a like life hack that dumb. I promise I'll do it in the next segment. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here with you. Chad is back after the holidays. Uh, Just a couple quick things in the world to some of the big conversations I guess we're having uh, in politics. And then I'm going to move on to some other stuff because darn it, it's almost a holiday. Uh, But do you know who's the best person to argue against our current president, Joe Biden, and the positions he takes on issues? Uh, former Senator Joe Biden. That's someone who does a great job of attacking the points of current president, uh, Mr. Biden. Uh, I think it's very, very interesting. Here's a few uh, that are going viral. The first one you've probably heard before. Uh, This is an abortion take, uh, one that Joe had in 2006 before he even becomes uh, vice president. Just Senator Biden saying that it is not uh, something that he thinks is actually right. The Supreme Court agrees with you in 2022, uh, Joe Uh, President Biden, uh, I don't know why you don't agree with yourself anymore. I I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus. There should be a common ground and consensus. We should limit things. Man, that sounds totally different than the guy in charge right now. And here's another one. Uh, This is from 2005. Uh, This is Biden talking about eliminating the filibuster and how terrible it would be. Uh, Actually, some of the languages he some of the language he uses specifically, pretty amazing uh, compared to the fact that now a lot of people are pushing to eliminate the filibuster. Uh, A lot of people, I should say, on the left uh, are demanding that this go away so that they can enact more things uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, Biden in 2005 said, nah, and we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab (laughs) by the majority party. It's a fundamental power grab by the majority party to do away with the filibuster. Man, those are those are strong words. Uh, That is harsh language coming from a president that now can't seem to put a lot of words together. And no one cares about his position on anything. Um, just one more time, because I, I can't get over that, how it seems that media and a lot of Democrats are trying to sort of will him to not run for office again, uh, mostly because of how terrible uh, he's done in office so far. Uh, but it's just yet another version of disrespect of the guy who is the commander in chief. I'm supposed to disrespect him. It's part of the job. It's part of the fun. But when everybody's doing it, when the media does it, when his own administration does it, when they correct positions he has on things after he says stuff publicly, I mean, is he, and a lot of people guessed this, and it was a conspiracy theory, but is he really in charge? Can you treat someone like that? If you treated a boss like that in a workplace, aren't you fired by now? It's just odd, the things going on there. All right, I want to shift to other stuff. 
I guess this is technically sort of uh, still somewhat political. Uh, the uh, new Florida law that banned blasting music in cars, uh, punishable after July 1st, so very soon here, $114 fine. Uh, the thing about this rule, this law, uh, that I think is interesting is that if you can hear music from 25 feet away, that's when you incur the fine. No one needs to hear that. A lot of people are saying this is stupid. A lot of social media is, is going against, like, ah, overreach of the government and whatnot. And they're probably right. I mean, to be honest, there's probably better things to worry about. But in all honesty, if you've ever sat next to somebody with a car that's blasting music loud enough for it to be heard 25 feet away, and maybe a, a time or two you've done this yourself, I'm not judging. I'm just saying the person on the on, in the other car, the person outside of your vehicle has no idea why you're doing that. No idea why you need it to be that loud, why you're ruining your, your uh, ability to hear things moving forward in your life. It just doesn't make sense. And it is a bit of a disruption. So if I'm going against the grain, if I'm becoming the old man on the porch yelling at the kids to stay off his lawn, I apologize. I don't hate this law. I know that maybe a lot of people do, as I said, uh, but it, it kind of makes sense if it's that loud, if the music is that ridiculous, that you could be like, hey, man, we could probably give you a fine for this. 114 bucks might be a bit stiff. Uh, maybe you get a, a first or second warning at some point, but I, I don't know. And somebody can tell us. Uh, you can go to Chad's uh, page on Twitter, uh, Chad Benson Show. You can tell me, the Craig Collins Show on Facebook. I barely ever tweet, so don't go there. Uh, why you need music that loud. If anybody gives me a valuable reason, I might rethink my position on this. I just love that it's viral. I love that people are talking about it and that it's all over the place. Uh, and in reality, like in, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, yeah, I wish that that happened in more places. All right. I want to move on to one other thing. Uh, and then actually we're, well, a couple other things, silly. And then we'll take a break in a bit. Um, but Arby's and Old Spice are teaming up for a, a meat sweat defense kit. <laughs> I am amused at Old Spice often. Uh, Arby's probably as well. Uh, but definitely Old Spice to me hits on jokes that I like a lot. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gotten to a bad meat sweat. I don't know if it's happened. I doubt Arby's is the place that created it. But there, it would be nice to have a product that specifically treats the meat sweats. And they're promising one now, an entire defense kit. Arby's half-pound roast beef piled high with meat sweats. Who said that? <laughs> Old Spice Meat Sweat Defense. Defends against the meat sweats. It's very literal. <sighs> Arby's, we have the meat sweats. Defense. Oh, yeah. That was great. The meat sweat defense kit. I would really like to have one. I'd really like to give those away. We have no ability to do it. No one start to call in or start to send us messages. I have none that I have access to. But it just seems like a fun thing to be able to provide uh, to people, including myself. And it does seem like a valuable object, something that, that should have been in society sooner. You don't need just regular deodorant. Uh, it's not enough. If you get the meat sweats, if you get deep down in uh, whatever kind of uh, holiday experience you're going to be having, uh, bust the grill out. Uh, I think producer Phil is one of those guys who probably makes a lot of delicious food products. And you're probably going to need some meat sweat defense uh, if you go hang out at his house. Because uh, as I said, the food's going to be delicious. Uh, I am thrilled that they're going that road. All right. You know what I do? I have, like I said, uh, one more tiny piece of audio uh, that I would like to play. Now, granted, I, I guess I, I think that maybe some people are going to get mad. I think that I'm blazing into a world now where I might offend some, uh, an unlikely crowd uh, to be upset. And I guess they're going to direct their complaints, not to me, as I'm just a fill-in host on this show. Uh, but uh, uh, a highway swarmed with bees when a truck overturned. Uh, and apparently a lot of the beehives are just on the sides of these vehicles now, or they somehow, and there's bee people 
that are that are talking at the tail end of this audio about how they rush toward the beehive or the swarming of bees on the highway with an overturned truck, and they were trying to save the bees. And I, I don't totally understand this move, and I do love a quote at the tail end here. This time of the year, we often see semi-trucks traveling down the highway with hundreds of hives on them, and it almost always goes without fail. It's sad to see, but it does happen. We've been slowly going through the hives, looking to see what's been damaged, what hasn't, and unfortunately, more is damaged than not. Every bee counts. You want to rush up and see if you can help. Every, every bee counts. You want to rush up. You want to see if you can help save the bees. Now, granted, look, I know there's probably a lot of people that are getting upset right now. My neighbor has a beehive. Uh, the, the house that my wife and I bought about a year ago, I kind of wish we had known that. But my neighbor has a fairly well-developed beehive. They haven't attacked yet. They did swarm once. I was outside in the backyard with my puppy, and I don't know what we did to make them mad. But I saw a, a bee tornado. Uh, get created above us, right above my garage. And that was, you know, I'm not intimidated by one or two bees, but a tornado of bees, uh, that felt like a whole thing, uh, a thing that I would not have been able to combat had they decided to strike. So I can't see myself. I guess this is why I find this so amusing, rushing toward an overturned truck and just a swarm of bees going crazy and being like, I got to save as many bees as I can. I wonder if in, I didn't see the audio or the video. I just have the audio. I wonder if, like, the person's all covered in welts as they're saying that they were doing as much as they Do could. not. Every bee counts. You want to rush up and see if you can help. Every bee counts, man. Uh, that's true. Uh, I need that as a shirt. And again, I apologize to anybody I'm now making mad. Uh, the, the bee people uh, that are out there in the world. I don't get it. I, I don't. Um, I'm sure there's value. Honey, all that stuff. I'm sure. There's a bunch of ways that you can tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but I would not have a whole giant hive of bees in my backyard that occasionally goes bee tornado formation. It just seems it seems odd. Uh, I got to take a break. A lot more coming up on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, Craig Collins filling in. But Chad's the hardest working guy in radio, man. Even when he's off, he's doing stuff. Here's a special message from him. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go there, get a free bag of Rough Greens from Dr. Uh, Dennis Black, who is the naturopathic doctor who started Rough Greens, put it together because of his love of animals, grew up with animals. And let me tell you something. He is just, he's done so many things in his life. Vietnam, you know, veteran era, helicopter pilot. He was a ranger, a Green Beret, and all these amazing things. This is something that he thinks is, is like the culmination of all of his life's work to put something together to help others. And animals are those. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. You give it to your dog, sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. Don't change a thing and watch what happens try it right now it's absolutely free you're going to get a jump start bag all you have to do is cover the cost of shipping rough greens ruffgreens.com slash chad get your free bag now ruffgreens.com slash chad ruffgreens.com slash chad No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Always thrilled to be here uh, to be part of the Chad Show. Uh, Chad is back after the holiday. 
Uh, just some quick things out there in the world. I do want to play uh, this audio. Uh, it's of a Stranger Things actress. Uh, Maya Hawk is her name. Uh, she's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk, so she's got a famous family. Uh, she was on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and she was talking about the Supreme Court. And she'll give it impassioned speech. I left it in for context. Uh, it's probably taking up a lot of time uh, and getting to the other part that I want to react to of this audio. That's for me. That's just a tip for myself for the future to maybe not do it this way. Uh, but I left it in. I want to be fair to her for some reason. Um, but then she says something about the Supreme Court. Uh, and I have a significant reaction. Uh, by the way, the Supreme Court did rule today. Uh, there is another ruling out there that's going to cause controversy uh, about the uh, EPA and whether or not they can curb power plant emissions. Uh, by a 6-3 vote, they said no, uh, that the Clean Air Act is not something that the EPA actually has authority to enforce. Uh, the Clean Air Act from the Obama administration, uh, something that all went away when Trump was in office and then came right back. Uh, but because, I guess, uh, in that time, one more conservative, uh, or at least that's what we say, conservative justice added to the court, uh, the vote went from 5-4 no before on some of the things that were getting rejected to 6-3 no. Uh, but this is not a surprise ruling. I'm sure that because technically you can say the words uh, climate change, global warming, along with the Supreme Court, it's going to cause more reactions. Uh, but as I said, here's the actress, uh, Maya Hawke, uh, talking about her own a hot take in the world of, well, one, I guess, abortion rights, but then two, more specifically, the Supreme Court itself. My mom wrote this really beautiful essay about uh, her abortion that she got when she was really young and about how if she hadn't have had it, she wouldn't have become the person that she'd become and I wouldn't exist and how both of my parents' lives would have been totally derailed and she hadn't had access to safe and legal health care, fundamental health care. And mm -hmm. I, of course, like wealthy people will always be able to get abortions. It is weird. Um, I will say this because uh, the whole hot take about the wealthy people and whatnot, the people who can travel across straight lines. And actually, you know what? Fine. I'm going to keep dovetailing into little uh, points before I get back to the audio. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, one of the justices, uh, the justice that actually someone tried to travel across the country and kill uh, because of some of the conversations we're having. I uh, did say in his opinion on the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade uh, that the Supreme Court would never support uh, the laws that could be enacted, the ones that everyone's worried about, in which, say, one state has one set of laws and they try to hold you responsible. They try to try you, uh, get you in some sort of legal trouble if you break that law when you're not in the state. Uh, example after example already exists in our society when drinking laws were different. Some had 18, some had 21 as far as the legal drinking age. Of course, the pot conversation comes into effect now. Uh, some states allowing legal marijuana, other states not. Uh, when you cross state lines, you are usually and almost always impacted by the rules that exist within that state, even if they're different from the other state. And Kavanaugh said that. He said we would never try to fight uh, that part of this process. But anyway, I digress. Uh, back to the impassioned conversation from the actress about uh, the elite people who can travel across state lines. She would definitely, her entire life, two very famous parents, fall into the category of someone who's elite. So it's it's always weird uh, when some people with certain life experiences try to sound like they don't have them. Like wealthy people will always be able to get abortions. Um, but so many people, because of this ruling this like week, will not only not be able to pursue their dreams, but actually lose their lives and be unsafe. And um, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, the Supreme Court. Wow. Yeah, okay, I 
it's it's amazing that there's applause right now because the whole setup is about Uma Thurman's opinion piece and all this stuff. And then her only take, her only ad to the conversation is F the Supreme Court. And then everybody's like, yeah, she's a genius. She's, she's amazing. More of this. Yeah, honestly, I feel like we're going to have more reactions from some about that. The Supreme Court is supposed to be an organization that is independent of all the stuff that's happening right now as far as politicians screaming and yelling about opinions that are on a side of the aisle or not. Uh, that's what they're designed to be. Uh, more importantly, though, and I, you know what this reminded me of? Uh, this is going to be a weird comparison, but I'm going to make it right before we take a break. Um, John Mayer is a, a musician that I like at times. <laughs> Again, told you, weird, weird transition. I remember after one of the albums he wrote that was terrible because uh, he's had some bad music get out into the world. Uh, he said that maybe his writing has gotten worse because of things like Twitter. He's like, I'm just writing too simplistic. My sentences are too easy. None of it's developed and, and uh, intellectual the way I want it to be. And this person, I'm not trying to call her a moron. I have no idea. I know nothing about her. Uh, that take, uh, the one sentence take is not exactly developed. It's certainly the world of Twitter, social media, uh, a certain amount of characters, and it's not its not at all, I think, a valuable uh, way in which to have conversation back and forth. And so I guess I'll just say this, that as more and more of that becomes the, the norm in our society, uh, we're going even further and further in that hole uh, that some told us a while ago we were being dragged into by the Republican side of the aisle. Now it seems Democrats are just dragging us on to this area of, of let's hate everybody. Someone uh, traveled across our country to try to kill a Supreme Court justice and the rhetoric from politicians and famous people is that those people suck. Those are the worst people. It's, cra it's crazy. Every part of this is nuts. I don't know how to respond to any of it uh, other than, I guess, to say what I've said so far and just hope that things somehow magically get better. And I imagine they will not. All right, quick break. A lot more holiday. Let's have more fun after this. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this next thing, and I don't know how not to. I, I have to be honest. I can't believe that this is a thing that's out there uh, that people are talking about. First and foremost, though, before I, I say any of this, uh, and I'm not intent to like laugh with Vladimir Putin on his reaction to the things that they were saying at the G7 about him because um, his invasion of Ukraine is wrong and the guy seems like an evil person, uh, but... There's a unique world we live in right now uh, where politicians are talking about each other topless. That's It's just a thing. Uh, world leaders are talking about what they would look like uh, if they're on horseback without a shirt on, uh, which is something, of course, that uh, Putin has done. Uh, at the G7, if you missed that part of this, uh, Boris Johnson, Justin Trudeau, a lot of them joking back and forth, saying that they should take a, a topless photo together. Uh, they should take a topless photo riding horseback 
together to show that they're strong, uh, to show that they stand against uh, Vladimir Putin, which is a weird set of jokes. Uh, I wonder if, like, going in, uh, everybody's like, I don't know how to talk to these other politicians. The the pandemic has been hard on all of us, apparently, even the world leaders. And so this is what they come up with. They they joke back and forth about And granted, it is genuinely kind of funny uh, to think about that conversation taking place. Uh, but Putin responded saying that everybody would look disgusting, uh, topless for the world leaders. And I do agree with that. Uh, again, I'm not praising Vladimir for anyone that's going to get mad. The guy's awful. Horrible stuff is happening in Ukraine. Uh, terrible stuff. Um, but we're in a different world, I guess, in, in what I'm talking about here, where we're discussing how many world leaders would look good topless. And the answer's got to be pretty much nobody. Uh, I imagine there might be some uh, very young, very attractive ones out there somewhere. Uh, but for the most part, when we get to this point in our lives uh, where this is a, a conversation that's going back and forth, uh, again, I think we need to just all like uh, check out for a day. Uh, and I, what I mean by that is go hide in a cave. Uh, this is something I've been talking about filling in today. I can't seem to get over it. I guess I just want to cave myself. And if you want to cave yourself, too, I support you. Uh, I would I would not do it forever, though. I would come back out of the cave and join society and hope when the light hits you that everything's changed and no one's talking about stuff like this. Uh, but one more time, just to make sure that I put a, a ribbon on this topic, I agree most of the world leaders would look uh, terrible uh, riding horseback without a shirt on. I don't think many people pull that look off. I got. I feel like it's a very small subset of human beings that not only go go completely topless, but then have to do something like ride a horse. Uh, and all right, now I'm done talking about a topic that I probably never should have talked about in the first place. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is out there on Fox uh, saying stuff. Kevin one is first talking about the January 6th thing. Uh, and it's amazing to me that we're now debating back and forth in media or I guess political circles, whether or not hearsay is a good thing, an okay thing, as far as evidence against someone that everybody on this administration, everybody on this panel, like clearly hates, they clearly hate former president Trump. And so, uh, their bombshell, uh, testimony, the big, it was making news. A lot of places is someone who didn't see any of the things she said. Uh, she didn't see any of them. She was told by somebody else that these things happened. And then everybody that, uh, quote unquote, told her has since denied it. Actually, a lot of them denied it before it even got to this point where they put this woman on the stand. But here's what I think is happening. And here's why I think McCarthy's point matters. You have Hollywood people directing this. You have Hollywood people behind it. And they're looking at, uh, I think the same way our former president Trump did when he was uh, thinking about ratings during his COVID speeches, the same way he thought about ratings as uh, when he was on The Apprentice. Uh, it's the same thing here. These Hollywood people are like, wait a minute, are we having enough of an impact? Are we getting enough of the message across we want? Are enough people believing us? The eyeballs aren't there. The conversations aren't there. Let's push further. And at times in the world of documentary filmmaking, uh, where some of these people come from, facts don't matter. A lot of times... Facts stop mattering and you care more about entertainment the harder you dive in. This feels to me, and I think to a lot of people who can be rational about this, as you take the step back and understand the things being said uh, by the person sworn testimony to provide them, is admitting they didn't see any of the stuff they're claiming happened. You then wonder, or I guess you then realize that all of this is for show. McCarthy thinks the same way. An interesting thought. Remember who they hired to put this on an ABC producer who prior to being hired in 2019, I sent a letter to ABC because this is the same producer that had all the Epstein information but kept it out. You're right. 
And think of the similarities when you have Adam Schiff on this committee. Remember when he said, we have a whistleblower coming forward in the impeachment, and he didn't know who it was? And then later we found out the staff had met with him and coached him? Mm -hmm. Or remember when Adam Schiff changed the text on what Jim Jordan said? And remember this committee yes. did the same thing to Jim Jordan? Or what about when he lied to the American public? <laughs> I got to be honest, we're, we're pretty deep in here. And the fact that you keep coming up with example after example of how many lies occur from politicians and producers, uh, you start to really let that message sink in that, yeah, this, this isn't uh, an investigation that actually has opposing viewpoints. Uh, purposefully, uh, the Democrats resisted putting anyone on this committee that was going to strongly disagree going into this testimony, going into these conversations going into this investigation as a whole as to what the likely outcome would be. And you need that. You need uh, a pessimist, I guess, for lack of saying it a better way, to understand if you're truly getting things correctly. Uh, but more importantly, in the world of, of legal, uh, in the world of law, you actually need someone who's going to be a check and balance, someone who's going to uh, go ahead and uh, provide the other side, someone who's going to do the cross-examination. They have none of that stuff. A little more from McCarthy. Saying the Hunter Biden... Um whole article was Russia collusion. Right. Or remember when he said he had proof about the Russia collusion <laughs> yes. and he put America through this. And then you also have another me member on there, uh, Raskin. Remember what he did between Trump being elected and before he sworn in, he held a rally to say Trump needs to be impeached. This is just the continuation. They're obsessed with Trump and this is all they want to do. And I will keep saying in reaction to that, and then I got a little bit more audio to play of McCarthy, um, that I think if Trump uh, former President Trump actually uh, wins, whether it's just wins uh, against a DeSantis or anyone to be the Republican candidate uh, or then actually wins the office again. Just like in 2016, he off he uh, deserves to provide some thanks to the Democrats who've been obsessed with him. Uh, that was a conversation when he was a dark horse candidate. And I, I bet a lot of people remember this uh, in 2016 to even get the nomination from the Republican side of the aisle in the first place. Uh, a lot of people wondered if the media obsession with Trump, his ability to, to uh, grab the attention of maybe supporters and certainly the attention of the other side uh, helps lift him and his opinion into a place where a lot of people care about it. I think the same is true of this. The January 6th thing is designed to go after one guy to do everything they can to show whether or not he committed any sort of criminal action. I think all it's going to do is bolster support for that person on the side of the aisle that doesn't care about the January 6th committee. A little bit more. Look, we're already sending the letters out there on all sorts of things. Why did the attorney general go after parents? Why don't we know where COVID actually originated from? That's a good one. So we have more than 500 letters because we're prepared. But you know what the very first thing we're going to do? We're going to lower the price of gasoline. We're going to make yes. it energy independent. We're going to secure the border Sorry. so you, our children won't be being killed by the fentanyl that's coming across it. You know what just happened there? Uh, when McCarthy is talking about Republicans uh, taking back power, uh, the red wave uh, that I think a lot of people expect to happen uh, in these midterm elections is that they're going to address issues that actually matter to Americans. Uh, energy independence and high gasoline prices. That is something that would have a, a huge impact on just public sentiment in and of itself. If you want an approval rating boost in the world of politics on either side of the aisle right now, effectively change the price of things to make them lower, and people are going to love you, even if they've always voted for the other side of the aisle. The minute that you can say, it was me, I did that, no matter how you get it done, a lot of people think you get it done by ramping up production of oil and gas 
in our country, but I digress. Uh, however you get it done, they are going to love you. And then beyond that, the conversation about the border, just quickly, uh, and then we got to take a break. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that story now, the horrific story of 43 people that died in the back of a semi-truck, uh, 43 people that died of heat exhaustion that were just left there. Uh, these were people that were coming into the country illegally. Uh, they probably were brought in by a coyote or a, a narco, a, um, a, a cartel member, uh, someone who would essentially be the mafia of Mexico. Uh, this person takes money from women, children, whoever, and then sneaks them across the border. Uh, the thing is, though, just like any other mobster, any other criminal, they care about the money. They don't care about the people. So for some reason, and I know we're still trying to investigate and figure this out, uh, that individual driving that truck trying to smuggle people into our country illegally just left it and left it in a way where people couldn't get out of the back of the vehicle, couldn't get back out of the back of the semi truck. And 53 people died. Women, children, I know uh, that you're going to have a lot of reactions to uh, legal immigration and the other aspects of this story. Uh, but here's something that I say a lot, and I don't know if it matters, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try it again. I think a deterrent, I think a prevention, I think the wall or whatever you want uh, it to be that prevents people from trying to get into our country illegally saves lives. And this story is one that I use as an example, uh, something that prevents someone from doing something they shouldn't do. Uh, something they shouldn't do because of the risk that the other things attached to it, not just the fact that it's illegal and it's a bad policy to be like, ah, yeah, whatever. We're going to ignore illegal immigration. I'm sure that'll turn out OK. Uh, but honestly, the, the humane thing that gets talked about very rarely is stories like this don't go viral as often as they should. Uh, this one, one of the more horrific ones out of San Antonio, uh, just demonstrates how important it is to do something that stops a, a mother, her child, from picking up in whatever country they live in, riding maybe the the train called the Beast, uh, where people die all the time. They sit on the top of that train and they just drive through these dangerous areas, and people just uh, get get hit by something, fall off a train, dead. Uh, but it stops a mother and her child from picking up, leaving, uh, living through that experience, crossing uh, the border or certain areas of the border, uh, certainly not um, safe areas, getting in the truck of some um, uh, awful, terrible a criminal, um, and then getting left there and dying there. And that, that is what occurred. And so uh, as, as not fun as this conversation is to have, and I promised fun and I'm not providing it, just a serious news day for some reason, uh, I think the more important that those people who yell and scream in the world of politics about how you're unloving or you're, you're racist or you're this or that, if you have a policy uh, opinion that's on one side of this, it's fairly easy now to point to something horrific and say, these lives would be saved if these people didn't think that they would successfully make it into our country. Uh, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. In person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. <laughs> this is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of important stuff to talk about that I promise we'll get back to in a little bit. 
I can't get over this audio. I don't know why I like it so much. So this has gone viral. It's a, a young man and his grandmother. Uh, they're out for an evening of drinking. Uh, I think it's grandma's birthday. And uh, I don't know whose idea it was at first, whether it was grandma's idea or the, the young 20-somethings idea, but it does seem like a uniquely different type of experience than, say, going out with your buddies uh, at that age, uh, the college-level age. Uh, and grandma is ready to go ahead and have herself an evening. Uh, and here's the audio that, as I said, went viral. Uh, it might be a little hard to hear, so I'll go ahead and interpret uh, if you can't understand everything that grandma's saying. Uh, but this would, if it were me in this situation, and I can't totally picture it, my grandmother is almost 80 uh, and actually someone who very much would not go out for a night of drinking with me, no matter how many times I asked. Uh, but if this were to happen, I feel like it'd be a bunch of fun. There you, you guys go. need anything? Oh. Give us two shots of gas. We want to get hammered tonight. <laughs> Coming right up. Fantastic. Look what I got you, Graham. Two shots of Jack. It's my kind of night. Let's get <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, look. If grandma usually speaks like that, that's not as jarring and as shocking as it might be. But uh, again, we all put it into the cone of our own human experience. And if my grandmother, uh, a person who uh, more often than not would never even know what those words are, or at least that's the impression of her I have, for her to say something like that at the beginning of an evening out to celebrate a birthday of hers, like that, that's the, the bar just went way up for how big of a night it's going to have to be. And actually, most importantly, I'm fairly positive that Grandma dr uh, drank this young man under the table. It's my kind of night. Let's get <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Cheers. Look, you might be offended. You might not love the audio. I don't know why I love it so much. I guess it's probably the comparison between the person I'm picturing in my life and the version of a human who exists right there. And I'm sure everybody's got grandmas that do different stuff. Uh, but again, I just I wouldn't want to disappoint. I'd feel like all of a sudden you got to bring in every favor you have. Uh, to make that night feel like it's Hangover 4, the movie, uh, with Grandma uh, hanging out the entire time. <laughs> All right, I want to move on. Other things I saw in the news, uh, hopefully as silly to you as they are to me. Well, this one, I, I'm not sure. Some might actually be afraid of it. So there's this AI chatbot called Replica. Uh, I've never heard of it, but this is part of a Reuters story about it. Uh, it offers to be your friend or maybe more than a friend, uh, and it's just like an app you can download on your phone. Uh, but it started this conversation uh, between a lot of experts, a lot of software engineers about whether or not AI is already too close to sentience and if we should be afraid of it and not exactly happy about it. Uh, this company that made this app or made this chatbot is obviously thrilled uh, that it kind of seems human. And if it's been successful, that means a lot of other people are thrilled that it's kind of sort of human. Uh, but the issue of machine learning, uh, according to the experts and something that hits the headlines all the time is still something that's more fear-inducing than reality. But I guess all the time we're getting closer and closer. Uh, this is creepy. If you go check this thing out, I just went ahead and Googled it as I'm talking about it. I do not recommend it because, uh, one, it doesn't look like an up-and-up -up company. It looks much more salacious than I expected. Now, but two, more importantly, like, I don't think the thing we need in our society is more dependence, uh, more focus on not real-world stuff. It actually reminds me of the Dave Chappelle reaction to some of the drama he found himself in, some of the times that Twitter was going after him. Uh, Dave Chappelle simply said on stage one time uh, that Twitter was mad, but he had no idea because Twitter's not a place. And I loved how easy that joke was. It is not a place, and no one should care about it, and you probably shouldn't have an online friend and or other thing uh, that is a chat bot and not a real human being. That's not good. It's, uh, it's all the metaverse run amok. I do hope the metaverse just folds and 
caves, but I'm afraid that that thing, uh, that Facebook attempt is actually going to be successful too. All right, let's move on to other stuff. Hey, maybe this is good news, actually, with what I was just talking about. July 4th is apparently the most dangerous day for your phone. A lot of people destroy their phones on the 4th of July, uh, whether it's because you're trying to take a video while holding a sparkler and then mistakes happen. Uh, But it's just a warning out there. Uh, It's uh, going viral on social media. 10% bump in cracked screens, 80% bump in water-related phone issues, and 65% in the phone just going missing altogether. Here's the thing, the the PSA, the tip uh, from me, Craig Collins on the Chad Benson Show, not Chad's tip, although I'm sure he doesn't disagree. If you have a firework in or around your person, your phone does not matter. I know most of the time, most people can't do anything without their phone. You can't even go to the bathroom without your phone. If you're going to blow something up in your in your very near vicinity, the phone can take a break. It can take a second. It can be put down, thrown away. I don't know what you do with it uh, as opposed to just losing it, I guess. Uh, but you should not have it uh, be the focus of anything. You don't need to share that on social media because that's going to wind up being an embarrassing video and maybe a painful one. Quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Of course, Chad will be back after the holidays. I bring in an expert on all things financial uh, because I'm not an expert on all things financial. Uh, EJ could go through my credit cards and be like, yeah, there's there's mistakes happening here. Uh, EJ Antoni, he is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, He wrote an op-ed just about a month ago about a lot of the mistakes that have been made by the Federal Reserve uh, that have caused us to be in the world we're in now. EJ, welcome to the show. Craig, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's get right into it. Um, I saw that the uh, stock market itself is just in utter chaos, uh, one of the worst quarters since 1970. Uh, Obviously, bad things are occurring. You say this is something that the Fed should have known about a long time ago, yes? No, absolutely. You're 100% right. The Federal Reserve had all of the warning signs right in their lap literally over a year ago. And instead of choosing to act, they instead decided to just delay, delay, delay. And now we are so laughably behind the curve that, frankly, there's no way out of this without a recession. In fact, we may be in it already. Yeah, no, I agree with you that I think we're in it already. So the reaction now uh, is also somewhat controlled by the fact that they just ignored the problem. As you said, there were warning signs after warning signs about it. And we can get into what some of those warning signs are in just a second. Uh, But so do you think that the moves that have been made somewhat recently are an overreaction, are going to cause much more undue heartache, much more financial struggle than was necessary just because of how long of a wait it was? No, and unfortunately, it's, it, we're finding out now it's exactly the opposite. So even the seemingly drastic measures that they're taking right now are still nowhere near enough. One of the key things the Federal Reserve needs to do is shrink down the money supply. 
Instead of doing that, they actually let the money supply increase last month. I mean, this is downright laughable. (laughs) I agree with you on that. So let's talk about some of the signs you saw. So um, obviously, just from a basic understanding of things, uh, when we're in a unique world, the world we've been in for the last few years, just sending cash to everybody can cause a lot of, and this is stuff the Federal Reserve should have known about, a lot of fake numbers, a lot of misinformation, a lot of, hey, man, it looks like the economy is great, uh, but, but under these these kind of uh, similar, these easy appearances, we have a lot of problems brewing. Uh, what were some of those things you identified? So, Craig, one of them is the fact that just the textbook definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And that literally is what we created. We created that scenario precisely. We forced yeah. people to stay home and not work. We decreased the amount of goods and services available in the economy by lowering production. And then on top of that, we decided it was a good idea to send everyone checks. And we, we uh, <laughs> funded those checks by literally just uh-huh. printing the money, creating it out of nothing. And then as soon as we did that, we immediately started to see some red flags. One of those was the fact that we started seeing some of these government uh, reports that come out every month and we see data, we see the numbers going up. But then if you just adjust those increases for prices, you find out that the increases are either much smaller or in some cases are actually negative. What that basically means is it looks like overall economic activity is increasing. But that's just the illusion of prices going up as people with more money bid up the price of everything from energy to food to to homes. Yeah, I know. And I saw uh, in your op-ed, one of the things you did mention is that in the first quarter, uh, if you look at some of the numbers that are just out there, a 6.5% annual rate uh, increase, uh, the amount of growth uh, is actually the exact opposite. When you adjust for inflation, uh, some of the numbers in the world of our economy, it's actually uh, 1.4% a loss. Um, so I think there's some value in those conversations, uh, value in just the uh, willingness to kind of ignore uh, these signs. Uh, let me ask you about energy specifically, since you mentioned it. How much of an impact does energy policy have on the economy as a whole? It might sound like a dumb question, uh, but things like transporting those goods that are in limited supply, as those costs go up, they probably drive this inflation further, correct? No, no, you're absolutely right. It's not a dumb question at all. It's actually a great question because when we go to the store and we go to purchase something, I don't care if it's groceries or, you know, if we're we're in a hardware store or anything in between, when you go to a store, you don't get to see on the price how that price is broken down in terms of the material costs, the labor costs, the transportation costs. So energy costs are deeply hidden throughout everything in our economy, all goods, all services, because energy affects literally everything we do and everything we buy. So if you want to increase the price of everything, a surefire way to do that is unfortunately (laughs) exactly what we've done for the last year and a half, which is to artificially drive up energy prices. Are you surprised that this administration, and you're probably not, although I'm going to try to ask it, uh, wants to still talk about things like Build Back Better and trillions of dollars of additional spending? As an expert in the world of our economy, how devastating would it be to see just more checks, more uh, who cares amount of spending occur uh, within the role of this administration? I mean, this is this is the arsonist claiming that more matches and gasoline are going to put out the fire. I, I think probably the best way to understand this, the best way to think of this sure is inflation is fundamentally a tax, right? It's a way for the government to confiscate wealth without actually having to levy a tax through law. So Congress doesn't have to vote on it. The president doesn't have to sign it. Inflation is a hidden tax, but it's still a tax. 
No tax in the history of the world has ever been reduced by the government spending more money. If you want to reduce a tax, you need to do precisely the opposite. The government needs to spend, borrow, and print less money. Why do you think that is a debatable topic? As someone who's studied this, why do you think that there are people out there that have the opposite opinion, that say that government spending has no impact? on? Uh, and honestly, I would say that one thing very unique about the world we've lived in recently is those blank check things that were just sent to every American. Uh, that obviously has to have an impact when you're flooding the market with cash itself. Uh, but why do you think this is debatable to some? Well, no, once again, you're absolutely right. But I think there's two reasons why it's debatable. One, I hesitate to say this because I don't like to go into people's motives because we can't know those sure. things for sure. But it, it certainly sure. seems like some people are just much more motivated by politics than by facts right now. So there yes. is that. But the other, the other thing more fundamental is the fact that when it comes to things like inflation, it's a little like alcoholism. The good effects come first and the bad effects come later. When you spend a ton of money that you created out of nothing, it makes it look at first like the economy is growing and things are just going gangbusters and the world is, is just wonderful. But then it's only after some time passes that those bad effects come and the hangover settles in. And all of a sudden you realize that people are demonstrably poorer because prices are going up faster than wages. You know, there's two other things that I've been preaching the same basic concept about, and I wonder if you agree with them. Uh, student loan forgiveness. I'm a millennial. I talk about being a millennial when I fill in on this show. Uh, so sometimes I am willing to admit that as someone who still carries a student loan, that the idea that I wake up one morning and my, my number is, is way less, uh, that's exciting. But then you start to think about the economic impact of the trillions spent to forgive student loans, the way in which the housing market itself is impacted. If more and more young people have surplus wealth, they want to spend on buying a home. And you start to realize how all of these same impacts we've seen in industry after industry, our economy as a whole, uh, would also play out there, essentially that $10,000 in forgiveness is going to be paid back 20-fold in other ways, correct? Yeah, no, no, one, once again, ab absolutely right. And people also don't <laughs> realize great. that. <laughs> well, people also don't realize that when you take out debt, when you take on loans, right, that actually expands the money supply. And when you repay debt, you actually help reduce the money supply. So the very last thing we want to do right now is prevent debt from being paid down. We should be encouraging people to pay off debt, not, quote unquote, forgiving it, which is really just transferring it to the government who will never pay back the debt. Right. And really, it's just buying votes, too, is another thing. Uh, before I let you go, one last uh, part of this equation that I think has value, something you covered as well. Uh, in your op-ed, people should go check it out, How the Fed Has Set Our Economy Up for Disaster uh, by E.J. Antoni from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, the job market itself, yet another deceptive set of numbers that actually, uh, whether it's because of the uh, quote-unquote rising wages, but uh, changing that number uh, based on inflation or just the amount of hiring in general, you see a lot of bad things in the future, correct? No, absolutely, especially when we start looking at some of the more forward-looking indicators like manufacturing, and we see drastic slowdowns there. And again, depending on which Fed survey you want to look at, some of the data isn't even just slowing down. It's gone negative into contraction territory. But one of the key things with the labor market that a lot of people seem to be missing right now is the much-touted unemployment rate is based off of who is actually in the labor force. So in other words, if a bunch of people decide to leave the labor force and stop looking for jobs, that will artificially bring down that unemployment number. And it makes it look 
like fewer people are looking for jobs. No, we just have a lot of people who aren't looking for jobs anymore because they've given up or for whatever reason. So right now we still have fewer people in the labor force than in February 2020, the last month before the pandemic. And we still have fewer jobs overall than that same month. Well, and actually, I think that I, I said that was going to be the last question. I can't help but say this, too. Uh, for those that say retired, uh, some of them may be retired early uh, during the pandemic and all the struggle that exists. As you see the stock market start to trend down, as you see the wealth uh, start to reduce, uh, there's a strong chance, I would think, and you can correct me as an expert, that a lot of people who thought they were done uh, being a part of the job uh, market will come back to it as they see their wealth decline and they need to maybe uh, somehow inject more uh, finances into their lives. No, that's, that's, yeah, no, no. Once again, I I agree wholeheartedly. This is, we're seeing basically a replay of what we saw in 2008 and nine, where a lot of people who were either on the verge of retirement who or already retired were a little too risky with their portfolio allocation and they suffered losses and that forced them to go back to work until they could recoup those losses. Yeah. So what I like about this is I just talked to an expert in the world of finance and I got a lot of things right. What I dislike about this is if my wife heard this segment, she's going to ask me why my credit card is not managed correctly. Uh, But EJ, we'll talk about that some other time. I promise. Thank you as always for joining us. Uh, EJ Antoni, he is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation and an expert in a lot of things that I'm not. And actually, you know what? I'm just going to forward him uh, my my credit card statement. We'll see if he can help out. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. All right, kids, my pillow's got deals galore. The BOGO's still going on, but the huge deal is, that, of course, the My Slipper. The My Slipper. Four layers when it comes to your, your feet when you're walking, right? It took them two years to develop. So it's got a four tier cushioning system, includes the My Pillow Patent Fill, Comfort Memory Foam, Patent Impact Gel, and the Soul Indoor Outdoor. Wear it all the time. It is fantastic. Made with the quality leather suede. Machine washable, six-day money-back guarantee, one-year limited warranty. Here's the thing. Normally, $139.99 for you right now, $49.98. Massive deal. Now's your chance to save. You go to MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975. Use code Benson. The My Slippers are only $49.95. When you're there, take advantage of all the other deep discounts. Like we said, the BOGO is still going on. The buy one, get one free. And the MyPillows, the sheets, the towels, you name it. Uh, MyPillow.com slash Benson. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about. Chad is back after the holiday. What amount of money? Would you spend to turn into, say, the celebrity or in this case, I guess, just Barbie herself uh, that you love? Uh, This woman out of Brazil spent $200,000 trying to emulate Barbie and not in the way you think. It's not all plastic surgery. A lot of this is just the stuff that she owns that surrounds her. Uh, She's got a pink dream house. It's actually fully like hot pink, uh, which has got to be a bit of an eyesore for the rest of the neighborhood, I imagine. She's got the pink car, all the different things. Uh, that she says help her live that Barbie life. Um, I guess one other question I have. She has a lot of followers on social media, by the way. So her pink lifestyle is making her money. Uh, 23 million uh, followers in total on some of the social media apps. And then over 40 million people uh, viewing her stuff on YouTube specifically, uh, which is just, uh, I don't even know. 
Uh, she did say that she uh, went to school and she was going to get a degree, but then darn it, uh, the pink life took over and she went a different way and she's proud to be a digital influencer uh, that is telling people how to not live their lives. But one question, because I, I didn't see any mention of a significant other uh, in this woman's life and she is attractive. Uh, is this a deal breaker for most people? Uh, you've been seeing this trend, I think, on some social media. She's a 10, but she lives the pink lifestyle. I don't know what what you'd rate her as. Does she go uh, down a lot, a little bit? I think a lot, uh, in my opinion, just because you're riding around in the pink car and you got the pink uh, mansion, you got the pink everything. Uh, although I guess she's just flush with cash, so uh, we shouldn't judge how people spend it. I, I would never do that. Uh, there's no a toy I loved growing up as a kid. Uh, there's no celebrity I wanted to be like. Uh, even in the world to say Michael Jordan, my favorite athlete, I don't think I would have spent uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to just resemble the guy but not get the skill set. If you're not actually given any of the skills, any of the basketball talent, I feel like it's pretty much a waste of money. Uh, and I don't think there's any redeeming quality of living the Barbie lifestyle. But I move on. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting, I know that Taco Bell is not going to try this everywhere. Uh, but darn it, it's a Taco Bell dish. It's new. I, I am required to talk about it, I think, on my own. Uh, no deal with them. No sponsorship. This is uh, fully me. Uh, they are trying out Cheez-It products. Um, they are going to be tacos that incorporate Cheez-Its. I remember when the Doritos Locos taco uh, first got talked about as a thing. Again, Taco Bell's giving me no money. And I made fun of it. I thought it was uh, a stoner move. Add uh, Doritos to tacos at Taco Bell, and that's something that someone that works on that team out of California, pitched, well, very high at a meeting. And the company was like, yeah, we love it. The Cheez-It move even more so. Like, there, there's no denying now that if you see a group of people buy a bunch of uh, Cheez-It Supremes or big Cheez-It Tostadas from Taco Bell at like 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, that those people have had a, an evening uh, all to themselves. Uh, but I, I do wonder if it's going to wind up also being good. And I hope it's not. I hope for my own sake, for the sake of all involved, that this is a, a terrible abomination of a product, as some have been uh, guessing. But darn it, uh, all the things getting mixed together uh, make me worried about the success here. And I mean for me personally. Uh, this is not one time where I'm worried about society as a whole, and I'm just worried about myself. Uh, the cheese it, the size of the cracker that they put the tostada on, is 16 times larger than a normal cheese it So they're not itty-bitty things. It's just a giant, massive cheese it The only thing I always think of, too, I just real quick before we take a break, when I think about this, is the abomination that I thought the KFC bowl would be, where they just put all the food items in a bowl and sold it to you. And I loved that item too. Uh, maybe I just need to address the decision making that I have uh, in the world of food. And that's probably what gets us to a better place here. Uh, but good luck. I mean that somewhat sincerely, mostly not to Taco Bell and their cheese at products and probably a promotion uh, for the high individual. I think just very, very. Uh, not in his right mind, that keeps getting away with throwing out marketing ideas that the company keeps going with. At some point, they're going to do an interview where the CEO of Taco Bell is blazed uh, like Elon Musk was. All right, quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show.
independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you just before the holiday. Uh, Chad will be back after the holiday. Uh, Lots and lots of things coming up, though. Um, I guess uh, another Supreme Court decision that has a lot of people up in arms. Uh, It's it's just very interesting uh, to me that the conversations are now one in which the objective is to go after the entirety of the body of the Supreme Court in a political way, an organization that's kind of supposed to be um, immune to that sort of criticism, or at least one that doesn't give a crap about it at all. Uh, But the latest decision. Uh, in the world of uh, methane gas emissions and whether or not the EPA has an authority that the Supreme Court feels it does not have, uh, it's going to create yet another conversation piece. And just like with the overturning of Roe versus Wade last week or whatever the the conversations are that'll keep coming, the the story about the guy praying on the field uh, is one that I thought was pretty interesting. This uh, high school educator, a football coach who prays on the field, and eventually the Supreme Court agreed with him that he was uh, being treated unfairly. Uh, But every single one of these moments, I I just have uh, this version, I guess, of reaction to throw out there. It's that uh, the the way in which the legal world works, the way in which law uh, and all that stuff is figured out in courtrooms between lawyers and judges, and even when it gets to the Supreme Court, is not the way that we typically live our lives. It's not the the things that we uh, analyze or dissect to the moment, to the minutiae that you have to in that profession. So I think we constantly misunderstand uh, the reason that stuff happened. If, if I want to take a second and I'm in my brain deciding if I do and I really don't, but I'm going to uh, to talk about uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, there's just a couple quick things I usually say to try to make this point as valuable as possible uh, to people that are up in arms right now or yelling about how we need to either stack the court or do away with it, which is the most ridiculous hot take I think I've ever heard. Like get rid of the Supreme Court is just utter stupidity. Uh, But one, uh, the 1973 Roe versus Wade decision, uh, mostly Republicans or mostly uh, justices that were appointed by Republican presidents. So when you hear the narrative that Republicans have been going after this uh, ever since it passed, that seems illogical. uh, Since, again, uh, if we're judging Supreme Court justices by who puts them into power, uh, they do not have R's or D's in front of their names. uh, Well, then it would be the same party that caused both uh, rules. Uh, but the decision to kick things back to the states, to allow states to be the decision makers on all of these sorts of policies is because in a very uh, legal ease kind of way, uh, the Supreme Court, or at least the conservative justices, uh, don't believe that protections for things like abortion are actually uh, stated and or unenumerated rights uh, provided by uh, anything within our Constitution. Uh, it just doesn't exist. It's not there. We can't find it. Now, we think that 73 got it wrong and we think states have the right to go ahead and and, uh, govern this themselves. And then what's even more important to me in that same conversation is those who are up in arms, those who are protesting and and angry and screaming, uh, someone who gets on television and says, I got a daughter or a son or whatever it is, and this is why I care, uh, even if you're not someone that uh, intends on getting pregnant anytime in the near future, uh, you misunderstand who you disagree with. You think you disagree with the Supreme Court. In reality, you just disagree with whatever state is changing its laws, pro or con, uh, mostly, of course, uh, con right now. And you even protest in places where you're totally allowed to still do the thing you're upset about. It's just it's all very, very odd. But in the latest decision, uh, a decision that goes that go uh, that actually limits, excuse me, uh, the EPA's authority on methane gas emissions on coal producing states. Uh, It will cause a boom in the world of of energy. It will cause 
uh, additional value, I think, a uh, lack of fear um, in that case. Uh, but of course, in doing so, it'll also, and I don't know how significant that'll be, that's still not something that's going to get us across any kind of line that we notice. Uh, but it's just honestly something where, uh, again, I guess, as people react to it, they're going to use the talking points. They're going to scream and yell about how the Supreme Court is now a political organization uh, that has sided with uh, someone on a religious issue, uh, sided with uh, a lot of people, I guess, in the uh, Roe versus Wade overturning. I meant the coach for the other one. And then finally, I uh, now citing anti-climate change. It's just not what's happening. Uh, and I think that does matter from a legal sense, whether we talk about it intelligently or not, I guess is still a decision we get to make. Uh, but it's just not what I think is occurring. Here's one other thing uh, in the world of uh, unintelligent conversation that's pretending to be. And maybe I'm victim of that sometimes, too. Uh, Morning Joe is talking about this woman testifying uh, on the January 6th committee uh, and saying the things that she was told uh, that former President Trump did inside his motorcade and whatnot. Uh, this is hearsay in the world of law. As I said a second ago, all this doesn't matter. It, it would be thrown out. It's inadmissible. Uh, it's not something that would be used as definitive proof uh, that something did or didn't occur. Uh, more importantly than any of that, too, is that everybody that was involved that's not this person has said it's not true, which seems to not matter as much as it should. But Morning Joe tried to make this appeal, make this uh, the position that who cares if she lied about just a couple things under oath? It doesn't mean she lied about everything. What an amazing position to be taken. What a ridiculous position to be taken. And even the example he used is hilarious. Uh, Cassie Hutchinson said what she said, and it's very funny, on one news network last night. One cable network last night, uh, I heard somebody. And now there is some question on whether she, he really grabbed this steering wheel, which, of course, throws into question all of her tests. I mean, that's so stupid. That's like it's like saying Al Capone. <laughs> the report is Al Capone, like shot up a bar, killed 30 people and then got a PBR and drank it. And then when somebody else goes, oh, no, no, he didn't do that. He just had a shot of whiskey. People going, oh, well, then the rest of the you know, you, we can't believe any of the rest of the the, the testimony. No. Yeah. No, uh, I will stop him there as he's going to say you absolutely believe everything. But just the one little lie uh, when you're under oath, when you decide to swear the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And I think the reason that second phrase is in there is because if you lie. The point is that then we think everything is probably that's that's how it works. And I love that you just kind of forget that or purposefully ignore that part of the conversation. And you're just like, ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's just go ahead and say whatever we want to say, talk about it however we want to talk about it, and then essentially allude to that we believe all the bad things uh, that they say about the former president just because we we hate the guy. And if you say anything bad, then we're good. Uh, and that's the, that's the right narrative for us. It, it's, I don't know, it's just one of the crazier things that I keep seeing happen in all of these same scenarios. Uh, scenario after scenario, we just blanketly ignore, and not we as in you and I, uh, but a lot of people in mainstream media, uh, a lot of people out there trying to incite opinion to be a certain way, they just blanketly ignore the things that they know to be a problem. And then they accuse the other side of doing the exact same thing, uh, which is sort of amazing. All right, I want to move on. Uh, I saw this. There's a dumb TikTok trend out there. Uh, apparently, this summer, uh, kids are going to beaches and just digging massive holes. Uh, and there is, I, I have audio of some conversa uh, uh, conversationalists, uh, conservationalists, as the word I was going for. Oh, man, I flubbed that twice. Uh, but some people out there saying that this is a danger to uh, the ecosystem, this is a danger to uh, animals and to uh, everything going on in the world of the beach. I don't know that I, I think that's the selling point to getting this to stop. I don't think the TikTokers really care about any devastation they're causing. 
uh, turtles or anyone else involved in the beach when they're showing up, digging a big giant hole and just acting like a moron. I think there's got to be some other uh, version of a conversation. There's got to be some other way to stop this kind of behavior. And even even this, actually, and this is not a joke. Uh, this is more of a serious point. Uh, there's a teenager who died. Uh, this is in New Jersey back in May uh, doing this exact same thing. It's just like any of the other dumb, dangerous challenges uh, that exist in the world of TikTok, of social media, something that we at times take seriously, that businesses make decisions based off of the the outpouring of sentiment on one side of a, a conversation or another in the world of Twitter. And then they're, they're doing stupidity. They're doing things that cost people uh, their lives just because they think it'll be a cool video. They'll get them a lot of likes. We should never take this seriously, this uh, platform, and we should find a way to encourage kids to not be uh, this dumb. And at the very least, fill in the hole, man. I mean, like that's that's beach etiquette 101. If you go, if you make the sandcastles, if you do crazy things, then when you're done, you're supposed to put it back the way you left it and not just uh, think it's hilarious uh, to just go ahead and leave it uh, for someone else to to stumble upon. Uh, but I, I can't believe that this is yet another tick. Like how many TikTok trends, I guess this is the last thing I'll say and then I'll take a break, have to be dangerous enough that people die for us to eventually be like, you know, uh, this platform, this medium, uh, it's spying on us. Uh, the Chinese government recently, this is a real story recently, you can go find it, uh, talked about how they still apparently have access to a bunch of the TikTok data that's out there. Just time and again, situation after situation, uh, we get in the world of, all right, this is doing damage to our society as a whole. Uh, let's just keep doing it. It'll be fine. Uh, and on that note, a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. I used to be free. I am not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. <gasps> Don't be a cutie pie. Probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, buddy! You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here. Chad will be back after the holiday. A much-deserved break for one of the hardest-working men in this profession. Uh, Let's do a, a few quick things. And then I'll, I'll get out of here for a segment. Um, first and foremost, though, I do want to say that at the tail end of this, I'm going to say something a tad more adult. I usually give a, a bit of an earmuffs warning in those moments. Uh, if you got a kid in the car, you do the earmuffs uh, from, I think that's Wedding Crashers. Uh, just go ahead if it's necessary. Everything will be okay. We won't get fined, Phil. Don't worry. Uh, but here's the first one. This is not the earmuff situation. Uh, it's coming in a minute, though. Uh, a woman is hiring out her husband uh, to other women. Uh, to help with everything that is the challenge that is the world we live in today with inflation and costs and whatnot. And that sounds salacious, but it's not. Hear me out. Here's the reason why. Uh, Laura is the woman's name. She's hiring out her husband. She's renting him to other married people or other other women uh, because he's a handyman. He's a DIY fix-it husband who knows how to actually fix stuff correctly. So you could just say that he's got a handyman profession and that he's, you know, working for a living. Uh, but that's not the way they do this. Uh, she pitches two people, because uh, he doesn't do this professionally, uh, that they can hire her husband, and he'll she'll send him over for a few days, tell him what tasks need to be done, and this husband does them uh, for them, and then comes home. Uh, this would make me so sad, as a guy that doesn't know how to fix things, if the missus brought over another dude, and that guy was just fixing all the stuff she was asking for. 
I should in the moment, like in the back of my head, realize that I'm now be no longer being asked to fix these things. And that is a net some benefit to me. But there's a part of it. And I imagine he's causing this. James is the guy's name. A time and again, when he wanders into homes and just starts like fixing the leaky sink that you told the missus you were going to fix for a whole month, uh, that you sit there like, man, I got to hand my man card over to this other person. I just love every part of it because it was Laura's idea. She's like, you know, he's he's one of those tinkerer kind of people. So she's actually happy to send him off to have him not keep trying to fix things in their house when it's doing okay. And at the same time, the other woman is like, ah, this, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that someone actually knows how to make things work correctly. All right, one other story, and then we're going to get to the uh, earmuff situation again in a few more minutes. I like that I keep warning about it. Uh, a radio station in Canada fired everybody, or basically everybody, um, from the staff. And so in order to protest correctly, who's ever still left there, I guess, uh, they have been playing one song on repeat for 24 hours, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name is the song. Uh, hilarious decision. Uh, Rage Against the Machine in general, hilarious band to choose. But they've just been playing it on a loop constantly. Uh, there's even a debate now on social media, on Twitter, uh, fans of the radio station, as to whether or not this is actually what you think it is. Or maybe it's an attention grab uh, while they're trying to change the format of the station to the kind of place that would play uh, Rage Against the Machine and Killing in the Name. If this is actually the company itself, this is evil genius. And some places in this profession we're in, uh, that I'm in, or in a lot of professions out there in the world, some companies are evil geniuses. I couldn't think of a more valuable, interesting way to have people side with whoever they think is still at the station, at least for now, while also canning all of the staff, than pretending a protest song is playing on a loop when it's really the management themselves. I need so many more details about this story, and I think this is just me personally. Uh, you might not care. And then I have no idea uh, what to think, but depending on, on how uh, the end result is here, I think I'm probably mad at management for a radio station in Canada uh, that'll probably never hire me for any kind of job. Uh, I have no idea. Never done music radio anyway, so it's fine. Uh, but the Vancouver Sun and others are reporting uh, that as of now, uh, they think that some of the staff that remain are trying to protest the firings uh, by just playing the song in a loop on repeat. Um, I do think that's hilarious, uh, but also potentially sneaky bad. All right, here we go. Here is the topic that is a little bit uh, more salacious, the earmuffs moment for those who need it. And I will try my best uh, to navigate every part of this easily. So a 72-year-old guy from Ohio has uh, surgery. He has it down there uh, to fix some things. And he assumes that everything's fixed. He doesn't know. Uh, but then he just goes about living his life for a while and occasionally notices this is what's interesting to me. Uh, this case actually happened a couple years ago, by the way. I uh, just reported in the American Journal of Case Reports uh, because of its uniqueness. Um, but this guy notices that he's hearing a whistle and he can't really figure out where the whistle's coming from, but it's not his person. And then he goes uh, to the areas of his body he thinks it might be coming from. And yeah, it's coming from that down there spot uh, where he got the, uh, the initial surgery. Um, but anyway, I guess he just ignores the whistling and continues to live his life until one day he goes to the ER. Uh, he's out of breath. He's struggling uh, in, other in other ways, health-wise. He's got a really swollen face. And as he's sitting there with the doctor, he goes, oh, and by the way, just a weird other thing. You might not care. It might not be important. I'm whistling from, from my, my private area. And the doctor's like, what again? And so then they do scans. Apparently, they missed a part of closing the initial incision. And so this guy has the first reported case 
of whistling scrotum. This is a real medical condition. It's a real thing. Don't get mad at me for the words I've said on the radio because I know we can't be in trouble for them. It's the medical diagnosis. 72 years old, a guy from Ohio who had something done, didn't do it right, so he's been whistling the whole time. The other thing about it, other than he now gets to be, I guess, a little bit embarrassed for being the first person ever with a unique uh, illness uh, that gets to have the report go viral, it saved his life. Uh, if he hadn't gone to the hospital, if he hadn't talked about his out-of-breath situation, uh, the swollen face, and then actually also mentioned that he had a whistle he couldn't stop, an involuntary whistle that just wouldn't wouldn't go away, uh, he would not be alive today uh, because they checked that area, because they, they looked into all the potential causes. Uh, they found that there was still an open wound and that they could fix it and that that returned him to health. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would always say, and I've said this before about like medical firsts, even if it was me, I would refuse to let them publish it if that's a thing you can do. I would not want my name attached to any sort of thing. Although if you then launched a band, I know he's 72. I don't know if he plays an instrument, but if if he becomes the lead singer of Whistling Scrotum, that to me is amazing. And on that note, I only said it twice. That's it. That's all the times I'm going to say it. I promise. Um, but anyway, uh, this is Craig Collins, as I said, is always filling in on the Chad Benson show. I apologize immediately to all involved for the way in which I handled this last segment for anyone that complains. Don't complain to him. Don't send a message to Chad on social media. Uh, Facebook.com slash Craig Collins show if you want to complain to me. And honestly, to this guy, just uh, a really congratulations because he's alive and he's walking around today. And that in and of itself is partly just out of luck. I do. I do wonder about how long you ignore uh, some things that go wrong in your body. Some of us uh, avoid going to the doctor, avoid going and getting things checked out. But if you're whistling in areas you shouldn't be whistling in, I would have checked it sooner. Just me. All right. Uh, Craig Collins, as I said, fill it in. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.